Now hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Jesus said to them, Holy Father, keep them in your name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Always be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Yeah, I'm kind of a gimp today. Well, at least for the next six weeks. Uh, I got a busted patella, and it didn't bust like anybody else's bone would break, you know, all the way across. It just broke in the middle. You know, so if you think I'm odd, you're right. We had a delightful dinner last night. And as you will come to realize, you could wind up in a sermon illustration. <laughs> and those who've been around me understand that, that. But we had a delightful dinner with, with Katie and Tim and, and Malcolm and Frankie and Johnny. And it was fun. It was just so enjoyable. It was so fun to see the interaction between Malcolm and his dad. Oh, we could bottle the energy that Malcolm has. I would make a million dollars every two days. Uh, just wonderful. Have a good time. No. And it's interesting. In Malcolm's world, he could put his dad in jail in the kitchen. And he did. Put him in jail. Bingo. And if it wasn't good enough, he had to draw the bars to make sure that the jail was there, turn not one key, but two or three, and then ate the key. Now, as far as Malcolm was concerned, his dad was in jail, and Tim, being the loving father that he is, went along with him. And that went on for a little while, and Tim would keep trying to break out of jail, and Malcolm would keep capturing him, and Put him, and every time he captured Tim, he made more locks and more bars. And then, now, make no mistake, as far as Malcolm was concerned, Dad was in jail. He was not allowed to break out. But Dad stayed in jail until something greater came along. 
and he had to respond to that. But what was interesting is seeing the love of a father for his children, for his son. It was a ball of energy. I love it. I love kids in the service. You know, I think it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It speaks to the energy and love of God. And Tim is a loving father. Now, he did accommodate Malcolm until the situation changed and something else had to be addressed. We went from being three years old back to being an adult. Things changed when you got to be an adult because we knew that those bars and locks didn't exist any longer. Yeah. To Malcolm, it was real. From his perspective, it was real. I'm sitting at the table going, that's nice, imagination. And I knew it for what it was. And God's talking to us kind of like that. He says, you know, there are things that you knew were real when you were three years old, but you're not three years old anymore. And now you have to deal with some things that are real. I love the readings for today. They're just fantastic. They, uh, forcibly make the point about a, a story that keeps reoccurring throughout the Gospels. That truth is not subjective. There is more to life than meets the eye. And why does everybody hate us? And of course, when you say things like that, if you've got a devious mind like I do, the first thing that pops to, into your mind is the song that you learned when you were young that nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm gonna eat some worms. You know, first you bite the head off, then you suck the guts out, I'm gonna eat some worms. And throw the west away. Yeah, you know. Um, it's funny. But we've moved beyond that. Yeah. So there's three questions the readings raise to us. Is there's more to life. What is truth? What's in it for me? And we kind of take a look at it. As far as what is truth, I get that lesson every time Julie asks me to help her in the garden. She's going to plant some plants. Okay, so I cut the weeds. No, the weeds cannot be cut. They must be pulled, roots and all. And I said, why? You're just going to dig them up any? No, that is the truth. If you want good planting for plants to grow strong, they cannot be in competition with the roots. And as being a good gardener, she knows this. As being somebody who just sees it as, that's nice, it makes her happy, I'll dig a hole. Well, we've come to an agreement, just in case there's some men out there that are having the same issue. I dig the hole and leave, and keep my comments to myself. 
Do you know that things are so much nicer when I do that? Okay, let's talk about there's more to life than meets the eye. We see things from one perspective many times in our lives. And it is this perspective of a three-year-old. This is what we think is true. This is what we want to believe to be true. And we operate that way until we are forced to change our perspective. And what happens at that point? Then what point we find out that we are not in charge. No matter what we think, we're not really in charge. Well, that's a true statement. That's not false. If we believe in Christ, we're not in charge. Don't want to be. But the world says to us, you're a man of responsibility and influence you're in charge. So you're in charge of your feelings. You're in charge of your emotions. You're in charge of your actions. You're a strong man. You have no weakness. And foolishly, we believe that. And that becomes truth for us in a subjective manner. Because we think it's true. But the truth is, We're not in charge. Jesus says, I have kept them in me as you are in me, and I'm in you, and they are in me. We are one. I don't want you to take them out of the world. I want you to keep them from falling prey to the evil one. They know who is in charge. the message. God is in charge. And the truth is, Jesus Christ is his son, and he came so that all might have life. And not only have life, but have it abundantly. This whole issue of being in charge is phony. It's a lie. Freedom doesn't come from being in charge. This is going to sound strange, but freedom comes being able to surrender. To surrender to God, to surrender to Christ, to surrender to the Holy Spirit, and allow the divine to enrich our lives and head us towards what God intends. If God didn't love us, why did he send his son to save us? Now, I can answer, honestly, anybody. How is it that God can love me? 
because he sent his son into the world to bear my burdens one time. Everybody's covered. Will you accept the truth or will you give way to a lie? Lies are subjective. Truth never seems to be subjective. It is. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus was crucified. That's true. And then he rose. That's true. So what's our problem? That's the good news. He came that we might have life eternal. So the act of being resurrected is hope for us. That as Jesus dies no more, when we are resurrected in Christ, we will die no more. These are good news. Now, as to the question that arises, I asked this question many years ago to a large group. Why does the world hate Christians? And would you believe I got all kinds of answers? Well, we're judgmental. Well, some of us are. We insist on rules and regulation. Yeah, some of us do that. Um, we use our Christianity as a power stick. Yeah, that's been done. All those things have been done. There's no denial. It doesn't make them truth, but they've been done. So why does the world hate us? Any idea? Somebody give me a hand. Tell me. Why does the world hate Christians? I won't put you on the spot. I'll answer the question myself. The world hates us because it has no power over us. The world can kill us, but it can't keep us from eternal life with Christ, with God in the heaven. Now, there's no fear. Well, you know, it's, it's okay to be scared and things like that, but there's no fear. Jesus removes the fear. And, and then he turns around and he sends the Holy Spirit to us to help us go through life. And when we can't find the right words, the Holy Spirit will convey our meaning, our, our, our hearts, our desires. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and then all else will be added unto you. Seek ye first, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Those are words of comfort. Those are truth. They don't change. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It's truth. Forgiveness. That's a big issue. Well, we'll forgive him, but I can't forget. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up. Let me ask you. If you're a new creation in Christ, why are you holding on to the old creation? It's just a path. It was a trail that we walked on. That's in the past. It's gone. We're in a new relationship. In a new part of the world. Why are we dragging something behind us that's not even an issue anymore? If you truly believe that God is life, 
that Jesus came to give us life, then why would you carry that stuff with you? Well, I forgave him, but I could never forget what he did. Oh, so you have not been reborn in Christ. What a shame. Because that would have been in the past, and it would have been just a past memory, and it would stay there, out of the way. It has nothing to do with the new you, has nothing to do with the new relationships. I know forgiveness is a difficult thing. And how do you learn to forgive? I wrestled with that, and I thought, until I realized I was forgiven, I found it very difficult to forgive somebody else. And the realization that God forgave me through Christ allows me to forgive others and then leave it in the past. If there's a new relationship that comes out of it, praise God. If there's no relationship that comes back out of it, Praise God, it's in the past. No more longer, no more part of your life. Because you're a new creation. You're a new life. And it's amazing with life in Christ. You can be in the middle of the biggest chaos you've ever seen in your life and have peace. And that drives the world crazy. It drives them crazy. And you can have peace in traffic. You can have peace trying to walk through downtown. I don't know if you can have peace walking in Fiesta, though. Um, best avoid that. Mm -hmm. you know, don't do like I did. Find a light post, climb up on it, and stay out of the crowd. Uh, that was a long time ago. We have a wonderful message. And it's repeated in one form or another. God says, I love you. I made you. I want you to be in relationship with me. I forgave you through Christ. Now, if you still got that other stuff hanging on to you, how can you expect God to, to welcome you into fellowship? That's an anchor back there. You don't need that anchor. That's the old life. That's not the new life in Christ. So when you're a new creation in Christ, you're in a new relationship with God. Not only that, it makes for a good relationship with your wife, or your husband, or your kids, or even that neighbor who used to rankle you. And now, that's just the way he is. I drove my grandson crazy, driving him back from Montana to uh, Tyler. And we're in the U-Haul rental truck. And people would get angry and go around us, and I said, he'll get over it. And it seems like he heard, they'll get over it, about every five minutes when somebody, he'd start to get upset, and I said, you'll get over it. And then when we had the event happened and we're sitting on the side of the road and he's getting upset and I, I said you get over it it's no big deal God's in control he's in charge he's kept us safe 
yeah, the truck is broken, so what? It doesn't matter. You got his peace within you. And then because it's a broken truck, well, okay, it happens. Somehow or other, trusting God, it's going to work. Sure enough, it did work. The truck was still busted when we left Wyoming, but we had a different truck. And the nice thing was, we didn't even have to change all the stuff out of one truck to the other because somebody else did it. Now, I'm telling you, if you don't believe in God and you want to put things in a subjective stance, you're going to make life difficult for yourself. When it's much easier to live in the truth. That God loves you. Period. Accept it. Get over it. You're loved. If it wasn't so, he would have told us. But all we have is nothing but notes from the Father saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. From the garden all the way up through today. That's the only thing he's been saying to us. I love you, I love you, I love you. I want to care for you as a loving father cares. I don't want you to get hurt. So I'm going to tend your conscience once in a while to make sure that you understand. I don't want you to get hurt. I want you to have life abundantly. Well, what can we say now? We can say that My note cards are shot, and they're done for. Well, if that's the case, then I am. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.